Hey there, Merritt here. Happy unusual summer of 2020. I am taking a break from producing new episodes this summer because I'm spending these months investing in my new mastermind group and working on two projects just for you that I haven't had time to finish before now, but I cannot wait to share them with you. The first is an audiobook roadmap of the spiritual journey of launching a God-shaped dream, and the other is my imposter syndrome curriculum intended to help you get past this very tough roadblock in your dreaming. So instead of new episodes, I'm re-releasing some of my favorite episodes from my first five seasons of the podcast. They're the ones that I loved, but maybe you missed, and I hope you enjoy them. And I have two tools just for you to help support your movement toward a God-shaped dream this summer. Number one, I have compiled journaling questions for each of these episodes that will help you process your dream. And I want to challenge you, even though it's summer, even though it's still kind of a pandemic, (laughs) that there's some deep internal work we can all benefit from before we're able to make real progress toward our dream. So go grab the journal packet in my store at meritonsa.com slash store. It's just $5 and it'll help you go deeper as you consider and begin to take the next steps in your dream. Then number two, come find me and other dreamers inside the Devoted Dreamers Insiders group on Facebook. I'll be hanging out there at least once a week and we can chat about whatever you're struggling with, the spiritual battles we face as Christians and dreamers, and how you can move forward despite it all. All right, thanks for being here. And now here is your episode for this week. You're listening to season four of the Devoted Dreamers podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Merit Ansa, and this show exists. To help you step over whatever is holding you back from all that God created you for. You know, the more I talk to women about their dreams, the more I hear the echoes of fear, imposter syndrome, of who am I to do this, or somebody else is already doing it, or could do it better than me. I recognize those voices because I've wrestled with them too. But I'm here to tell you that you cannot let the voices win because you are a daughter of the King. God created you with a purpose, one that's unique to you, and he put those dreams in your heart for a reason. Sure, it's scary. Yeah, you might even fail, but you also might learn something and then pick yourself up and lock arms with your community and keep taking the next step. That's why we're here, and it's what this podcast is all about, and I pray today's episode will provide exactly what you need to keep moving forward toward the dream God has put on your heart. You'll always find the show notes for each episode on my website at meritonsa.com slash podcast, and there will be more later in the show about how to connect with me and the Devoted Dreamers tribe. But now, here's today's episode. Dreamers, you are listening to episode 89. Today I am talking with Christy Hayes, and I can't wait for you guys to hear from her. She um, has been in ministry for over 15 years, and the way that I actually encountered her was through 
an Instagram giveaway um, via their organization, uh, Be Strong Story. So go check them out. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about today is her involvement as the founder and CEO of Be Strong Story. And this is a business that began um, just through a simple lunchbox note um, that her husband wrote to her son. And I'm going to let her tell you that story. Um, but we, uh, she's in Denver. And so we're kind of talking just, you know, an hour or so apart from one another as it's snowing outside here in the spring of Colorado. But um, Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to hear more of your story and to get to share that with the listener. So can you just uh, tell us that story of the lunchbox note? Because I feel like that's where we have to start. Sure, sure. So I don't know about you, but I have two kiddos and they are in elementary school. And so for me, the worst thing is making lunches. <laughs> like I cannot handle it. So it was in the, you know, at the first of the year, you have all these grand gestures to write these great notes and have these really healthy lunches and the bento boxes, which we never got. Um, <laughs> and then by the, you know, the middle of the year and the last part, you're like, oh my gosh, I just hope they get some Cheez-Its in their lunch today. And right. definitely not going to be a note in there. So that's where I was. And my husband traveled a ton and he happened to be home. And I'm like, Grant, I cannot do these lunches anymore. Like our kids are either going to starve, they have to do it themselves, or you make it for them. I can't. So yeah, he made the lunches and I said, you know, put a sweet note in there, which I thought he would forget. And um, at the time, my son was in first grade and he was dealing with a friend on the playground that just wasn't being so kind and he'd come home crying and tell us. And so Grant, the note really was just kind of just wisdom for Holden that day. And the cool thing was is that Holden um, brought home that note in his lunchbox or I would have never seen it. And it was just a simple like napkin that had a Sharpie on it and it just said, be strong, protect the weak, love everyone in all capitals, love mom and dad. And mm. I was like, wow, that note is so powerful yet so simple. And you know, I called Grant, like you like totally killed my lunchbox skills. Like you are, awesome. <laughs> you are so much better than me. And yeah, so that's how it happened. And we, you know, I remember like posting it on social media and just talking about how like my husband just crushed it, you know, in the lunchbox skills and how he'll be making every lunch now. And people just really loved it. Like they just said, oh my gosh, you know, we want that we love that. We want that mission for our family. And so we really made it a family mission for us and figured out, we just, it just stuck. And we're like, how can we make this a mission? How can we live this out? And we just started talking about it a ton as a family. Um, and then we just had people that were like, could you make us some t-shirts that have that on there? We want to spread that. And so that's kind of how it started. And um, it was just kind of organic. And now it's a full-fledged business that I'm leading, you know, full-time and kind of the charge is to get that message out to others and have them other families adopt that and, and to, to truly live it out and, and change the world. I know that sounds so big, but it's really my dream. <laughs> well, and, and there's more to it now, right? That you guys are um, working with the homeless and people who need kind of a second chance at life. Like, can you talk a little bit about that part? Yeah. So my, it's so funny. So I'm a dreamer. This is the perfect podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. 
So I'm a big dreamer. And so my thing was like, okay, we're going to get, we have a friend who works with the homeless and I'm like, I want a print company that who prints all our apparel because we make t-shirts and sweatshirts and all those things. I want the homeless to run that print company. I'm like, well, I don't know how to do any of that. So I'm going to have to figure it out. And we're going to have to just, you know, people are like, well, do you even know how to do that? I'm like, no, I don't know how to do that, but Google does. So we'll figure it out and we'll, we'll do it. We'll make a company where we employ homeless and they screen print our stuff. Um, the cool thing is we were, when we moved to Denver just recently, um, this random lady at church said, uh, what do you do? And I told her and she said, do you ever need a screen printing company? And I'm like, actually we do. We'd love someone local. She said, well, I work with this homeless shelter that their business is they employ homeless um, in their screen printing shop. And I was like, what? And she said, would you be interested? I'm like, yes. So I called the guy literally the next day, Monday morning. And I'm like, can I come visit you? And since then we have had the most special relationship and um, they run a day shelter during the day, but in the back they have the screen print shop where homeless and former homeless uh, print all of our stuff. It's like magical. <laughs> it's so cool. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's where all our print comes. And then we have um, a jewelry line. I mean, if we're going to really tell people to live out this message, I feel like our business has to live out this message. And so we really want to employ those who, um, from companies who are already living out the Be Strong, Protect the Week, Love Everyone message. So we've partnered with Branded Collective to make our jewelry and they um, employ women um, who've been sex trafficked, who are survivors of sex trafficking. So every bracelet you get has their initial on it. And it's just really cool. They made a specific line for our tagline. So every bracelet has either Be Strong or Protect the Week or Love Everyone. Um, or you can wear all three, but it's, it's just really neat to, you know, we have to search for these businesses. It'd be a lot easier for me just to wholesale it, you know, somewhere else. Um, but I really am trying to search for people who, you know, really need empowerment and to be employed and to just have a second chance. How would you, um, describe how this business and this mission of you and your family, um, how does that relate to, you know, what I talk about here on the podcast is your God-shaped dream. Is, it, is this your God-shaped dream? <laughs> you know, it, I have lots of dreams, um, which is funny. You know, I used to feel so, like, embarrassed that I love so many different things. And mm -hmm. so, um, but you know what? The more that I read and the more that I just get in the Word, it's, it's God saying, I wired you to be who you were in this season. And so, you know, this happened very organically. You know, I had no idea that my husband was going to write a note mm -hmm. that kind of spurred this on. And at the time, um, you know, I had done ministry for a long time. Um, that's kind of where my heart is. And I wasn't doing, I was actually training. Um, I love athletics and coaching. And so I was doing that. And it's interesting because if we take myself back six years, um, right after I had my second child, Carter May, um, I was also running a business that was helping Compassion um, International children um, go to college. And I was in youth ministry and we're doing all these things. And I felt like God just said it was during Lent. And if you've ever experienced Lent where you've really done it, you know, ask, it was really God doing heart surgery on me where I said, God, what is it inside me that is not of you? And I was so prideful to think there was nothing. I'm like, I know our church is asking us to ask this question. I'm like, but I'm doing so much for you. Like, you're probably not going to find anything in there. That's not of you. I was so prideful. And, and God's like, well, I think we're going to find some stuff. And so, you know, he really did heart surgery on me. And I was so into um, being busy for him and doing for him. And I love 
I'm a driven person, which I think is how he wired me, but I have to really know who I'm driven for. And so for me, it was like I was doing all these things for him, but I love the accolades. I love the Atta girls. I love the success. And he was like, you're doing all these things for me, but you're not really, you're doing them for yourself in my name. And that was like a, I mean, just a punch in the gut. Um, and so really he asked me for almost a year to quit everything and just be content in him and not what I do. So just literally be, and that's what our company is named, which is so funny. Um, that word was everywhere six years ago before this company even was a thought in my mind. I have a tattoo that's B on my wrist that had nothing to do with this company. Um, and our, you know, our logo, if you look at our logo is just the simple B E with a period. Um, and it's like, God just kind of groomed it. Like he said, I want you to be content in me and I'm not going to tell you when you can dream again. I'm not going to tell you when you can do again. You, I need to know that you're so content in me that if I stripped every single thing that you did away, every success, every accolade that you would be fine. And for a dreamer, as you know, that is super hard. That was horrible. Um, but I got to a place where I was so content in him and so in love with him that it didn't even matter what I did. Um, and then he let me dream again. And so these dreams have kind of come because of a time of saying, I'll give up everything for you. Um, and that was like the hardest part um, of my relationship with Christ, but literally the changing and tipping point for my future relationship with him. Mm. And so that was a number of years ago. Yeah, that was almost six years ago. Um, yeah, so that was a while ago. And it's like, you know, it's interesting to see how these, how different dreams have kind of come and how this one, you know, is just so, I don't know, intertwined in that time of just mm -hmm. being. Um, and so, yeah, so for now, this is my dream. And really my dream is to help families go to the vulnerable places and serve together. And I really want the DNA of our young children to be about others, building others up, serving others, being in relationship with those who are different than them, and it not even be a question. You know, I think I get questions all the time from 40-year-olds in my age that are like, should we do this? Should we serve these people? Should I give money to this? And, you know, I just don't even want it to be a question for my kids. When my kids see a need, they do it. When my kids see mm -hmm. someone, you know, hurting, they, they go to the broken places. They're in friendship with the different ones. Um, and they're mutually having a kinship with them, not just serving them, but they're really having a friendship. And then it's just part of their DNA. And so that's what I really, my dream is through this message that we really get with families and, and teach them how to live this out together so that when their kids are their age, that it's just who they've always been. Mm. I think we need that right now too, for sure. <laughs> I know. Just, it's just kind of a, a time of deep struggle in the right. nation and um, there are so many people hurting in so many different ways. And so I love that. And um, I'd love to hear any stories you have of how you've seen that kind of come to life with your kids. How old are your kids now? Uh, so nine and six. Okay. And yeah, for my own kids, you know, because it's our business, we talk about it all the time. And so it's, you know, it's, we have signs everywhere and, um, I see them writing it on their coloring pages. And, um, uh, my son is very, uh, he's a little more quiet and process, you know, he processes things. So he's not going to come home and be like, mom, guess what I did today to protect the week. But my mm -hmm. daughter is. And so, 
you know, I have different stories. Like Holden is very, he's always been very attuned to the homeless. And when we were, he was three, four years old, we always passed the homeless because it's, we lived in the city and he just had a heart for them. And he wanted to make these, you know, homeless bags for them, these kindness bags. And he wanted to learn their names and, you know, he wanted to do all this stuff. And, and I think the real reason that, that he had such a heart is because we lived in an area that we always saw a need. And for me, I don't, you know, the last couple of places we've lived have been kind of in suburbia and we don't see that. And so when they don't see it all the time, it, they lose it from their mind and their hearts. And so it's really been important for us to be intentional and take them places and show them. Um, I remember we went and lived with my in-laws. Um, my father-in-law was sick and we had went and lived with him and they live in this beautiful country club neighborhood with really nice houses. And um, he was five at the time and we drove in and he said, oh my gosh, mom, he goes, isn't it so great? He was like, there's no homeless here in St. Louis. <laughs> he said, mm. everyone has mansions. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we, gotta get, we gotta get out of here. I like called my husband. I was like, okay, we have to get out of here. I was like, we gotta get in the city. I was like, we have got to get him, see-. you know, cause that's just all he saw. That's all he knew. Um, and then my daughter, he, he still has that tender heart, uh, for people hugely. And then my daughter, it's really fun for her because she takes it a little more literal. And so she'll come home and be like, mom, you know, Abby was crying on the playground. And I just went over and just made sure she was okay and gave her a hug and gave her my stuffy and she was all better. And a, a mom texted me the other day and she said, I just want you to know that whatever, you know, how you're teaching them. She said her son um, spilled his drink and all over his lunchbox and they were all standing around. All these kids were standing around staring. And she said, Carter May just walked in there and was like, how can I help you? And she said, he she picked up all his stuff. She took it in with him. And, you know, I, after school, I'm like, hey, sis, I was like, I'm so proud of you. And she's like, well, mom, she was like, that's, that's what you do. She was like, mm-hmm. she's like, he needed help. And I had to help him. And I'm like, you're right. I'm like, it shouldn't even have been a question. And it wasn't for her. And so she tells me those stories most, most weekly, like weekly, she has a story of how she, you know, protected the week or loved everyone. It's, it's pretty sweet, but she mm. is definitely, definitely coming into their heart and they're, and they're starting to live it out. I love that. And nine and six, that's great. Yeah. Nine and six. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and that's why I think I want other families so much to just be talking about it and, and, you know, talking about it at the dinner table of how they saw others. And, and I think it's really just about recognizing so many of us are in our cell phones and we're, mm. um, and that's me too. And we're not, you know, we're not looking around. And so one of our, one of our quotes that we say besides be strong, protect, weak, love everyone is um, eyes wide, light shine. And so every time they get out of my car, we do a little fist bump and it's eyes wide, light shine. And it's just make sure your eyes are wide. Like don't be just looking at your friends and the things you're doing on the playground or at the lunch table, like do a scan of the lunchroom, do a scan of the playground. Like, is there anybody that needs you? Um, and then if there is, you know, go let your light shine on them. And so that's been fun to see that acted out. That's really sweet. And that sounds like a very kind of simple ritual that anybody could do. Totally. Totally. <laughs> totally <Yeah>. doable. <laughs> yeah. So talk about the, you've kind of hinted about this a little bit, but you told me earlier that you're starting this Be Strong Families um, aspect of your ministry slash business. Yeah. Share a little bit about that too. Yeah. So I think my heart, you know, I love 
the message of this and, and people sharing it on t-shirts and bracelets and all those things. But I really want to figure out a way to live that out. And so um, we're coming together with a bunch of different families and, and making these strong family core groups where we are presenting them with an opportunity to serve with their family. And so we're kind of doing the legwork, my team, and giving them opportunities, you know, each month to say, okay, we're going to have a pledge for them. Here's what a Be Strong family pledges. We pledge to be strong, protect, we love everyone. What does that mean to our family? And then this is how we pledge to live that out through love and action. And so that means serving. And that means consistently serving, giving, living generously. Um, and it'll be different for different families. But for our kind of Be Strong family core group, it's really helping families find organizations who are serving others and then partnering with them. And so, you know, I have a lot of families who we did this in St. Louis and people were like, we want to do that so bad. We want our kids to know about what's going on in the world, but we don't know what to do. We don't know who to call. We don't know how to make it happen. And so, you know, we're going to take that part out. That's hard or that you just aren't familiar with and set that up for people. So you, we can say, Hey, one o'clock this Saturday, you know, we're going to go serve the homeless by making sandwiches for them and delivering them. Or we're going to go to the nursing home um, and just make crafts with the nursing home folks or whatever. Like just giving them an opportunity to say, okay, family, just get in the car and let's go and serve together. Mm, that's great. So that's just starting. Yeah. Now. So that'll start in the fall. In the fall. Okay. And they, um, they do it. This is their third year in St. Louis to do that with the, with the public school there. Well, and maybe, I think you said you're still working on that pledge form, but maybe when it's done, I can put that in the show notes. Oh yeah. I would love that. It'd be really great just to give people access to participate with you, even if they're not your neighbors. Totally. I'm hitting pause on the interview for just a second so I can tell you a little bit about Patreon. I've just launched my page, and this is a great way for you to get more involved with the Devoted Dreamers podcast and express your confidence and support for helping women find the strength, courage, and camaraderie we all need to pursue our God-shaped dreams. And no matter what you personally decide about giving to my Patreon campaign, I will continue to interview amazing women who will encourage us all because this is my passion. I so love introducing you to women who are following their God-shaped dreams, mostly so that you might do the same. But if you've gotten incredible value from these interviews, I would love to invite you to consider becoming a patron of the Devoted Dreamers podcast. You can find my page at patreon.com slash devoted dreamers podcast. There you can read and listen to a video about why I'm doing all of this and hear all the benefits of getting more involved in the show. One of those things is a patron feed on the site where you can access early release content and additional perks as a thank you for choosing to get more involved as a loyal friend and follower of the podcast. This is special content just for you if you choose to be a patron. My goal here is to really build a community because I needed encouragement to follow my dream, and I know that you do too. So I hope you'll consider getting involved. Check it out over at patreon.com slash devoted dreamers podcast. Um, well, I would love to have you talk about just some of the struggles and challenges that you've faced along the way, starting this whole new thing up after God kind of stripped you of everything. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I think any, 
entrepreneur or, you know, someone who's starting a business. Um, it's just so many things. Like I had a, mm-hmm. a friend who is great at finances and she came and helped me um, a few weeks ago. And she's like, I just didn't really know all that went into it. And so there's so much behind the scenes that go into it. Um, there's so many things you have to learn that you have no idea what you're doing. And that voice that says like, you have no idea what you're doing. You are just winging it. And so, you know, you wing it a lot, you fail a lot, you figure it out. I always say everything is figure outable. So, you know, I want to teach my kids that too, is like, if you don't know something, somebody knows something. So find that person or find it on the internet, you know, figure it out. Um, and so that's been, you know, hard to figure out things that we had no idea uh, how to do, but we've just kind of bootstrapped it and done it. Um, and then just that voice of you see people so successful and you see people who, you know, I, I listen to um, how I built this podcast that I love and, you know, they always are interviewing the people on the other side. So they always started like we started, you know, in our basement or in the, in the room, in the back room or whatever. And you have boxes everywhere and you're kind of, your whole family's kind of coming together and doing stuff. And, and then they're like mega successes, but it doesn't really give you the middle part, like the, the gritty middle of just like going after it day after day after day, even if you don't see, even if you don't feel like you're growing or you don't feel like you're making a difference. So I think when you're in it, it's hard to see the outside. So I have some really great friends um, who help me do that, who help me see, like come out of the, the innards and say, well, look what is happening around you. And we do, you know, I just had a friend who she runs her own nonprofit and, you know, I just was like, do you realize what you've done in five years? And because you're so in it, you're, you don't realize. So you almost need someone to come alongside you and go, Hey, step out of the crazy for a second and like really look at the impact you've made. And so I think that's important just to have cheerleaders around you that can let you get out of the funk that sometimes you feel and really show you, okay, yeah, this is really making a difference. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, how do you persist through those days when you're in that funk? And it sounds like having people around you yeah. to show you what you're not seeing. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, we have a, a few, I don't know if you do Voxer, but it's like our lifeline. Totally. We have a, <laughs> yeah, I love it. We have a Voxer group of um, a couple friends and, you know, I'll just say like, I'm dying today. Um, and it's lonely, you know, like when you work um, by yourself or your team is not with you all the time. Like if they're mm-hmm. remote or, um, then you're by yourself a lot. And for an extrovert, that's really hard. So we had a, actually this morning, I needed to write some things. And, um, my other friend who leads her own company, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to Starbucks. Do you want to just sit by me? And so we literally just sat by each other, um, mm-hmm. did our own thing. Like every 10, you know, like 10 minutes or an hour would go by and I'm like, Hey, when you have 10 minutes, look at this. And then you know, when she had 10 minutes, I would look at her stuff and kind of brainstorm. So just having a meeting with like uh, six women tomorrow who all lead their own companies and just that they're, they're kind of bootstrapping it too. And, um, we're all just coming together just to do lunch and then just give each other a million ideas and just cheerlead each other on. So yeah, I think having a team that does that is huge. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm an introvert and I agree with you. No, <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. I okay. for hours, but <laughs> I still got to have that, yeah. yeah, that boxer friend or two yeah. that's like there for me to just dump. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. Oh, well, talk about um, how you have seen 
God meet you in some of these challenges as well? Yeah, I think, I think the cool thing about when it's a, a God dream and not your own dream um, is that things happen that you could have never orchestrated. So that's what's so fun is like seeing these stories of these random people who in different cities and states that have caught on this message and um, the stories that, that I hear back from them of how it's changed their family and just meeting different people, even on Instagram or um, Facebook, where you just like you just have all these different stories we, that we're doing. Um, uh, I'm doing something with a fellow. She's a entrepreneur. She's way ahead of me in the game. Her name's Emily McCarthy and she's awesome and she creates beautiful things. And I just reached out to her and said, I just, you inspire me, you create beautiful things. You know, here's our story. And she wrote back and was like, I was bullied as a kid and this story makes me cry. And, and we forged a friendship and now we're kind of coming together on some different projects together that I never thought were possible, like things I only dreamed of. So I just, none of that stuff would happen without God's provision. And I think because of the time that I had with him where it was just like, you need to let go of everything. Um, he taught me that I have to hold things loosely. And so before it was like, you know, go big or go home. This is my dream or my thing. I'm going to work so hard at it. And it doesn't mean that I don't work hard at it now. It just means that I hold it loosely, that my hands are open. If God were to take it away tomorrow, I have to be totally fine with that. If God were to make it not successful, I have to be fine with that. Like, I think that's where my mind has changed from before pre stripping everything away mm-hmm. to now, you know, my personality is to go after my dreams wholeheartedly and that's who he's made me. And I have such permission to do that now, but I still know my cues when I'm letting the um, success and the accolades become my worth and not him. And so it's just a totally different ball game. I just, I, I hold it so loosely now I work hard, but it's not the end of the world if I fail or if something happens, he, it's his. So that's what he's teaching me. It's just, it's totally a different mindset from where I was, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, and probably not something you got to overnight. No, no, I wish. I, wish. <laughs> I mean, it's the whole log. Yeah. I, when I, I remember him telling me, you know, let's just stop everything. And it was six months of me going, I'm not doing that. Like who, who will take care of the children? Who will take care of my ministry? Who, you know, and he's like, I don't need you. Like, I don't need you to take care of all that. Like, I need you to just be with me. I need you to just be intimate with me. That's it, period. Um, And so once after fighting with him and really deciding to let it all go, um, it was a process. And I kept saying, how much longer? How much longer? (laughs) How much longer I got to do this? and it was just, you know, yeah, it's the journey and no one likes the journey. At least I don't. I like the, the quick. The journey is rough, but it's where we grow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like it you is. just said. It is. Well, is there a verse of scripture that has been really meaningful to you lately? You know, I feel like in every season, there's always one um, that kind of just really reaches out to you. I think during the time that it was, I was you know, trying to figure out what I was going to do or just sitting with him. Um, my favorite scripture was Isaiah 64, 4, and it's since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. And I think that was such a big one for me as I was waiting, you know, like, what is that going to look like? 
Um, my scripture that I love right now and I've loved for the last couple of years um, is Isaiah 58, 12. And it says, you will discover there are people among your own who can rebuild this broken down city out of the ancient ruins. You will form up, firm up its ancient foundations and all around others will call you repairer of broken down walls and rebuildable, re, I'm sorry, rebuilder of livable streets. And I just think that's what we need to be doing is repairing the broken down walls and rebuilding the livable streets. I love Isaiah <laughs> so much. So good. Better. I know. I know. I have like a million. You asked me the, what was one verse. I'm like, well, shoot. Like every week I feel like God gives me, a, you know, a new verse, like a new, you know, a new thing. And, um, and I love that about him. I love reading his word. It wasn't always like that, but I feel like I just, it's been so nice to just have him meet me there. And I think it all stems from, again, the six years of just, going, I just want to be, I just want to be intimate with you. And I'm okay with that. Just you. Well, what advice would you offer to the dreamer out there? Who's like you and, um, you know, maybe just getting started or just trying to figure out what that dream is. What would you say to her? I think I would say, you know, go after it with your whole heart, but hold it loosely. And all that means is just if God were to to be content completely in Christ alone and your dream needs to be his dream and orchestrated by him. And so, you know, for me, I just wish someone would have told me like, go after it, Christy, with all your heart, with all your passion, find people who you can be mentored. I always have a mentor that I'm always like asking, 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 asking. Don't be afraid to ask for things. Don't be afraid to, um, hear the word no, because you're going to hear that a lot. Um, read about people who've been there and done that before you. Um, you don't have to be an expert at everything. That's, mm. that's what's so cool is like I'm learning that it's almost better not to be an expert because then God takes the will and totally wows you. Um, so you're learning as much as you can and you're, and you're finding people around you who've been there and done that but you're also just letting God orchestrate and then just, you know, don't be insecure. Uh, if it's a God shaped dream, you know, you've heard that word before, then he put it in your heart for a reason. And so go after it. Amen. That's so great. Do you have any tips for um, like great ways to find a mentor or, how to make that first ask for what you need. Any suggestions there? I mean, I am just an asker. Like mm -hmm. I just literally find people and every mentor I've had, I just have watched them, don't even know them. And I just say, um, Hey, <laughs> you don't know me, but I'm watching you and I love how you do this or that. And I would just love to learn from you. And I would love to know if you would, if you would mentor me. Um, I've never had anyone say no, but you know, I just ask, like, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to, if you see someone who's doing life a certain way and you're like, Oh, I want to do life like they do. Just say, can I just come beside you and, and learn from you? And that might mean meeting once a month and just listening to them, how they do things or going to the grocery store with them. I used to have youth that would I would just take them on grocery store runs and they would just be in our life and they would just see how we live. Um, so yeah, ask, I think asking is 
the greatest thing because people who have dreams and who are already entrepreneurs, I think that they love the person who asked because that was them, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago, you know, that someone who was brave enough to ask for something. Um, and don't be afraid if they say no, it's not the right person if they say no, but I just would say, ask, ask all day long. That's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, you no, no tips, no tips. Just ask. <laughs> just no well, that's a tip. No, no steps. Just ask. Just awkwardly ask. Yep, that's it. Oh. Well, can you share um, any books or podcasts or other resources that have been helpful to you on this journey in addition to having a mentor and your boxer group and all that other stuff? Yeah, so- I think um, I have so many books. So I am a big reader and I probably have, I mean, my book Nightstand right now has six books on it. So I'm always reading and I kind of, and not everyone has to do that because I know that not everyone's a reader. Um, some people like to listen to podcasts, I like to do both. But for me, it's not, it's not like a goal I have to read. It just, I just enjoy it. So I like to always have something in leadership on my nightstand or that I'm learning that I feel like I'm growing. My personality is um, an eight and a seven on the Enneagram. So it's like a challenge, like I love to be challenged. If I'm not being challenged, if I don't feel like I'm growing, I'm like, I'm just dead. Like there's just stick a fork in me. So I always want to be growing. So I read a ton of um, biographies, memoirs, anything I get my hands on of just how people function and what works for some and what doesn't work for others. Um, A lot of leadership books. I don't have like one. I think I read so many that I don't take, like if one says one thing, you know, it could be for different personalities and, and a different one might really um, speak to me that wouldn't speak to a different personality. You know, it just, mm. I never know that question. It's like, what's the one book? I'm like, it might be my favorite book, but it might not speak to that person because they have a different personality. Um, podcast I love, How I Built This is a great one. Um, the Going Scared podcast by Jess Connor, your podcast. I mean, I think just listening to people who, you know, have dreams and are in the messy middle or maybe they're successful just learning from, from others who have been there, done that, I think is just such a huge thing. Reading the paper. I try to read the newspaper um, every day. And I know that sounds so old man, but it is like my favorite thing in the world <laughs> to grab a cup of coffee and read a real newspaper mm. front to back. It's my favorite. And I think it also helps us know what's going on in the world. I think that is truly, we need to know mm. those things. And um, I haven't always been like that. We did a stint where we lived and worked in Washington, D.C. in that world, and that really gave me appreciation to, to really understand why it's so important to know what's going on. Um, so, yeah, even the newspaper, that's a, you can learn a lot just by reading the newspaper. Yeah, you can. So what, what do you have a favorite newspaper? Uh, we read the Wall Street Journal, okay. <laughs> which is yeah. even older, older man. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Wall Street is my favorite. I I'm so excited. Like Saturday mornings is the morning I can really read it front to back. And my kids know that I will be either downstairs on the couch or in bed with my coffee reading the Wall Street for like an hour. It takes me like an hour to read, <laughs> to read the whole thing. So yeah, that's, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Well, tell us um, how we can connect with you online. And I think you said you had a promo code too for the listeners. Yeah. So you can, um, everything is be strong story. So Instagram is be strong story altogether. Um, Facebook be strong story. And then our website is be strong story.com. Um, and, um, for mother's day, we are giving, um, 50, 15% off to your listeners 
um, if they type the code dreamer into the promo code. So while they're checking out, there'll be a little place that says promo code and that's where they, they put it in. Awesome. And you have some really cute little disc necklaces and cuffs. I love them. They're so Thank sweet. you. I had a great, they're such fun. Like I had a friend the other day that said, um, I have a friend who's going through something and I really need one of your be strong cuffs. Can you get it to me tomorrow? I'm like, mm-hmm. sure. So she sent that to her friend who was just kind of going through a tough time. And I, I love those stories. I get those all the time where people will say, oh, my friend's, you know, going through cancer or they're this or there's someone who really protects the weak. And I wanted to just share that with them and tell them that they do that um, with one of your, you know, with one of your um, pieces of jewelry. So that's, what's really fun is gifty. I love gifts. And so it's so fun to see other people gifting those to people. Absolutely. Well, you have um, really painted a beautiful picture for us of this um, be strong, protect the weak, love everyone. I just love that. I don't know. Do you call it a tagline? Yeah. Yeah. It's, Mission statement. Yeah. It's like a trademark tagline. It is oh my just, gosh. you know, just, yeah, I like the word. It's it's really become just our family mm-hmm. mission for sure. And I, and I like mission statement, but I almost like action statement better because mm. I don't want to just I want the mission um, to be acted out. I don't want it just to be we right. say it or it's really cool in our shirt, but that Not just a thought. <laughs> yeah, that it's something that we truly are living out every single day. Mm. Well, I'm excited to see how you guys grow and continue to pursue this action statement in and around our city and around the world. Um, Thank you. I would love to have you just close us out um, just to summarize, you know, what you think, um, how you think God has changed you through this process. Oh gosh. Um, I really think it's, it's really changed everything for me. I think the, I would never be where I am now um, had I not obeyed him oh, six years ago. And I think that's what's cool also to let people know is that you might not see the fruition of obeying God immediately. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super hard because we want to go, well, we obeyed you. Where's the awesomeness after? <laughs> like, where's our, where's our, you know, um, surprise? Where's our reward for obeying you? And I think um, that doesn't always happen. And so I'm seeing that, you know, six years down the road that obeying him and, and getting rid of some of the things that were in my heart have set me up for what I'm doing now. And I do not know that I would be doing this had I not listened to him and actually obeyed. Um, you know, it, sh- it was a struggle to obey. It's not like I obeyed. It's not like he said, quit everything. And I was like, yes, great idea. It's such a great idea. <laughs> you know, it was months of me going, that is the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life. And then finally doing it. And so, you know, I think it's this hard thing of us trying to figure it out on ourselves and thinking that we have to control everything. And God saying, oh my gosh, I wish you would just let me work my magic. But in order to do that, you got to surrender. And so the surrendering part is the hardest. So I think learning that and learning that every single day um, and always asking him the question, am I just content in you or am I content in all these other things? And so I think he always has to answer that for me and I have to answer that in my heart. 
If you have ever felt God calling you to hold loosely to your dream, this was the episode for you. I have to admit, it was such a blessing for me to talk with Christy today. I, for one, needed the reminder of finding all my contentment in Jesus, of holding loosely to my dream and surrendering to him everything that I love and put my hope in. I don't know if you can relate, but I'm in a space today where I really needed that message, and I'm so grateful um, to have had that through her and to get to share it with you as well. Um, And here's a little dose of vulnerability. Um, I was actually scheduled to talk with Christy like 15 minutes before I was really able to call her. I had to push the call back because I was having a mini meltdown about some struggles uh, we're having at home right now. And maybe a portion of it was pregnancy hormones. But even as Christy asked me about what was going on before I hit record and, um, I got to share just some of the stressors of trying to keep all the balls in the air. Um, I began to feel a sense of relief just sharing that with her. I'm so grateful she even asked. Um, But the longer we talked, the more I heard the reminder, like through her in my head, um, that God is in control, that he's got all the things that I feel like are falling apart. (laughs) He's holding them. He's holding me. He's holding you, and all he asks is that we trust him. I don't know where you are today as you're listening to this, but if you're holding tight to something, even if it is your dream, especially if it is your dream, and it's causing you fear or anxiety, I just wanted to share what's going on with me to be a reminder for me and you that this is not how he wants us to live. So in transitioning to my three takeaways from this conversation with Christy, um, number one, I've just said it, but work hard at your dream, but hold loosely to it. And then check yourself for clues that you're gripping too tightly and daily find ways to give it all back to him. I desperately needed that for myself today. And I know there's got to be somebody listening who needs that too. So That was number one. Takeaway number two, I loved this and I'm kind of combining, but find a mentor and or a group of cheerleaders to support you in your dream. Um, I loved how she talked about just observing, watching what somebody else is doing that you hope that you could do too. And then just asking in humility, just saying, I'd love to learn from you. Um, But just how important too it is to have cheerleaders and and people who know you know your heart and are are close to you and close to the things that you're dreaming about and working on um that could also maybe serve as a little bit of reminder when you need help remembering to hold things loosely and then finally takeaway number three and this is kind of a hard one but that you might not see the rewards of obedience right away in fact you might not see them at all, but he calls us to obey anyway, um, to make him number one in our hearts and our lives and to take time to hear from him, um, in the midst of just the busy everyday lives that we live. And so, 
Um, I hear so often guests talk about this importance of obedience, and um, I think it was a good reality check to know that, you know, obedience, we don't obey because we're going to get something in return. We obey because we're called to obey by the God of the universe. Thanks for listening to this repeat episode of the Devoted Dreamers podcast. I'm doing this all summer long, resharing some of my favorites that you might have missed, but I will be back with new episodes in September. Until then, come find me in my Devoted Dreamers Insiders group on Facebook, and don't forget to grab those journaling questions at my website, meritonsa.com slash store to help you process what you've heard here today. Thank you again so much for joining me. And wherever you are with your God-shaped dreams, may you have the courage to take one step toward their realization today. Oh, 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 oh,